0: Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team. And in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From Dara Salaam, Tanzania, we're joined by designer and Webflow developer, Elsa Amri. Elsa was the first-ever winner of the Speed Build Challenge at Webflow Conf 2022, a lover of true crime podcasts, and an avid book reader when she's not vlogging about food. In this episode, we will be reminded to love what you do, build relationships with clients you enjoy that also trust you, and focus on being yourself while enjoying your personal journey. Featuring Elsa Amri, this is Overflow. Elsa, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, Matthew. Glad to be here.
0: Let's start off by having you just quickly introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are.
1: Great. So, hi everyone. My name is Elsa, and I'm a designer and webflow developer based in Tanzania. I currently work as a freelancer, and I've been doing that for around. Gosh, I think almost three years now. So it's been a minute. And prior to that, I worked as an art director at a couple of agencies. Other than, of course, design and development, I'm also into reading. I'm a big bookworm. I love video games as well and occasionally watch some anime, read some manga. But yeah, happy to be here.
0: So you said you're located in Tanzania. What's it like living there?
1: Um, it's really hot all year round. <laughs> I think our average temperature is like 30 degrees Celsius. So pretty warm throughout the year, but I also love that because I'm used to it. I would say people usually describe us as chill or very relaxed. I think people kind of just go with the flow here a lot. Obviously, not everyone, but quite a few of us. And I think that's what I really like. I think it's one of the ideal places to just settle down just because it doesn't feel so high paced and high stakes compared to, you know, major cities around the world. I mean, obviously all my family's here, so it's become my comfort Mm -hmm. zone.
0: Is there any sort of saying for that, being chill, being Tanzanian? Is there a, a phrase or something um, that refers to that?
1: Well, I mean, I guess I can think of maybe two. There's a popular one that I think was in Lion King, which is Hakuna Matata, which means no worries. doesn't mm-hmm. literally mean slow paced, but I feel like the essence of it is really just life is chill. There are no worries, you know? Everything is cool. So, I mean, there's that one, which I think a lot of people know. And then... And did that an saying ac- come from there? Hakuna Matara? Yeah, it, it is Kiswahili.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ah, it's Kiswaili. Yeah. Okay.
1: So nice. it means no worries. If you know the song, you're probably singing it in your head like I am now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, w- I would say that's probably the best way to describe life here very much. Everything's chill. No worries.
0: What was the other saying you were thinking of?
1: Um, the other one is a an idiom, I think, is, is what yeah. it is. And in Kiswahili it's pole polen de o muendo which means slow and steady is how things should go. Or Mm. the opposite of that, because there are two, is haraka, racaina, baraka, which means hurry, hurry, has no blessings. So they kind of mean similar things in that there's no need to rush, you know, Mm. just take it easy.
0: In English, there's a a saying that goes, slow and steady wins the race.
1: Yes, that is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, for the first one.
0: Yeah. Okay, that is what it means.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah.
0: What do you really enjoy about living there?
1: I think that probably the first thing is probably just being around my family. I mean, I spent my uni years abroad in the UK and then mm-hmm. I spent a year in Japan. So I was abroad for like a couple of years and I loved it 100%. But I think after I came back, I realized how much I do enjoy being at home and being around people whom I've always grown up with. Um, mm-hmm. It's just become more comfortable for me family is probably the number one reason why I do enjoy being here I think the second is similar to what I said earlier in that things just don't feel so I don't know stressful and it isn't the sense that there's like not stuff going on that might stress you out that could happen anywhere but it's the sense that when I was living abroad in cities that were very much major metropolitan environments, everything feels so much more high stakes and maybe you feel much more pressured to do well in that kind of environment Mm. whereas in you're in an environment that's chill and it I think it does affect your mentality in a way or it affected me. So as much as I did enjoy living abroad, I definitely remember being a lot more stressed out and a lot more pressured to succeed and to, you know, do well and to kind of keep up with everyone around me, which isn't healthy in the long run. When I do leave the house, it's probably because my boyfriend has planned for us to go somewhere or we agreed to go somewhere. So we go out Mm. to places to eat a lot. I think food is like number one. There are a lot of really nice restaurants here. And I have like a restaurant, a food TikTok thing I started a couple months ago. So that's like made me go out more to explore new restaurants and like blog about them. (laughs) <laughs> so food is probably a big one. We are a coastal city. So I live in Dar, which is a coastal city. You can obviously go to the beach. I'm not a beach person, surprisingly, but it's something fun that you can do on a day off if you don't have anything else to do or one of the nearby islands. People like to do that a lot. But I think for me, definitely going out to eat is probably one of my list of things I like to do.
0: What would a good local dish be if I was visiting? What's a good local dish you would recommend for me?
1: Okay, this this is a basic answer, but it's one of the things I like. It's called chapati. Chapati. It's similar to naan, which is Mm -hmm. um, the Indian version of the dish. Mm -hmm. If you've eaten naan and you liked it, you probably like chapati as well. It's similar. But that's definitely one of my favorite. And I usually pair that with like beans, which we call marage here, or like any type of sauce, obviously chicken. So that's a really good one. Mm -hmm. Also easy to make, not hard to make at all. I would recommend trying that out. If you're really looking to challenge yourself and eat something probably different from something you've had before, probably ugali, that's like one of the main traditional dishes here, which is essentially just like flour and water that's been boiled and like molded. So it's like soft and you normally eat it with your hands. I can't, I don't know what other dish Mm. I would compare it to, but like, it's also really good to eat with meat or like beans or anything like that.
0: So I lived in Lesotho and we would eat, we would eat pop. We'd call it pop, but it was, yeah, that. That meal, that, I think it was oh, cornmeal, okay. right? And with water, yeah.
1: Was, oh, okay, yeah.
0: like white and like fluffy. Yeah. Like describing, yeah. It's really oh, yeah, kind of there's pop. also, I
1: think, fufu in West Africa. I can't remember which country. Yeah, there are a couple of variations of it. Oh, that's cool.
0: What does your workspace look like? If we were going to sit kind of where you're normally doing your work, what would we see?
1: Okay, I guess my official quote-unquote desk that I use that I'm in now is like pretty basic. I don't have a lot going on, but just like a wooden desk. That second hand I got from my mom. Then I have like this Elgato light, which I got from Webflow actually for the yeah. speed build. So that was fun. So I have that. And then I have a phone, a ring light as well. Sometimes I do recordings on my phone. I have my Adobe XD light up ornament type thing. And then I have this hmm. large cloth called a kanga. I actually put one on my desk because sometimes things get dusty. So I have that covering my desk and it's like pink and purple. So it adds a bit of color to the space and mm-hmm. my mic. But yeah, pretty basic setup. I think I like to mainly work here because I feel like I'm more focused. Sometimes I'll work mm-hmm. in my room too. I have another slightly smaller desk in my room that I might work in, especially late in the evenings. And then sometimes I like to work in cafes. There are a lot of cafes where I near where I live. So sometimes I'll go out mm-hmm. and work elsewhere.
0: Do you like to listen to any music while you're working?
1: I do. Although lately, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm working. It's probably ninety oh. percent of what I listen to, just podcasts. Because I'm not the best multitasker, but like it, like works. <laughs> and I find that it's um, like time flies when I do that. So yeah, that's my thing mm. right now.
0: What type of podcasts?
1: I think I've gone through stages. So initially, it was crime. I'm very big on true crime. That's my thing. So I listen <laughs> to a lot of that. And then I started listening to Webflail by Jack. So yeah. after yeah. I was on his podcast, I listened to, I think, almost every episode of that because it was really interesting. And then most recently, I'm listening to a podcast that kind of talks about people in the past who like these huge scam situations, really just getting a sense of all these interesting stories about crazy things people have done before. So I've been listening to that a lot
0: lately. What are your hobbies and interests?
1: I like to read a lot. I used to read a ton when I was in school, like all the time. And then I slowed down a bit in uni and now I'm trying to get back to that. So I spend a lot of my time reading. I like physical books. I have a bookcase and I like to kind of get secondhand physical books from this bookstore we have in town. Mm. So I've been doing that a lot more lately. Mostly into gaming, not as much as I used to just because of time, but Occasionally, I do like to do that, especially adventure type games like Horizon Zero Dawn or Persona, definitely my thing. And then going out to eat is also a passion of mine because I have like that food Mm -hmm. blog. I wouldn't say vlogging is a hobby because I only have the one blog, but it's fun, I guess, to do something a bit different. That's still somewhat creative. I never thought I was a video editor right, right. much, but I feel like I'm one with the, the food blog. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just listening to podcasts. I, I think I can call it a hobby now just because of how many hours I've spent doing it. Um, and I enjoy it. So hmm. yeah.
0: Did you say what type of books are you interested in?
1: Well, actually, crime fiction, <laughs> the mystery novels. That's like, there's a theme there. I do listen to yeah. positive. I mean, read positive stuff too. Once in a blue moon. I don't yeah. know. I'm very much, I like stuff that is like tense and suspenseful. So mm-hmm. I read a lot of mm-hmm. mystery novels, horror novels, thriller novels. I do like biographies. I think the last one I read was Trevor Noah's bio, which was really mm-hmm. good. Um, also Janet McCurdy's novel, which was, I think, a big hit when it came out. I read that too, which was also like really interesting. So sometimes I also read a bit of nonfiction. I do watch a lot of anime, K dramas.
0: K-dramas, so Korean Korean dramas, like TV shows?
1: Yes, very mm. much so. I think that's all I watch on Netflix. That's all they recommend to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is something that would surprise people to learn about you?
1: I like to do adventurous things, not often, but once in a while. So I spent some time volunteering in Nepal before I went to uni. So that was in 2013, I think. But while I was there we had like some time to explore and we went to Coquera which is I guess the main tourist city and we went paragliding and I think that was like mean, that was the first time everything did something like that so I've been paragliding before I guess it's, it's something interesting I don't know if people would be surprised to know I've been paragliding I don't know if I look adventurous but I have been
0: <laughs>
1: I mean mm-hmm. I used to be very not danger prone like In theme parks, I always want to go on the largest and highest roller coaster. I found Mm -hmm. out now that I'm Mm -hmm. a lot more calm and it's a bit more intimidating for me. So maybe I'm losing that that aspect of (laughs) myself.
0: (laughs) What is your role and how would you describe what you do?
1: Well, I guess my official title is designer and webflow developer. And to describe what I do, well, there's a design part which doesn't just cover website design. I mean, that's mainly what I do, but I also do some graphic designing. So I've done like designing for posters, social media content design, presentation design. I used to work in an events company where they did a lot of events. So during my time there, I did a lot of designing for like floor artworks and banners and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I worked at an agency. So I did a lot of designing for billboards. It's not what I do as much anymore, but it covers what I'm able to do. And then right. for the Webflow developer part, I think it's self-explanatory design, developing websites using Webflow.
0: And what you're doing today, is that different from what you thought you might be doing at this time in your life?
1: I did actually know at the time when I applied, when I was in high school or when I started uni, what I wanted to do afterwards. My degree was in media communication. It was pretty broad and also was mostly mostly theoretical too so it wasn't really even a lot of practical work and at the time i thought what i was learning would be suitable for maybe a career in pr or advertising and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing which wasn't necessarily what i was passionate about but what i thought was the logical career to end up in i don't think i Mm -hmm. started being curious about design or considering design as a career until after i graduated was really stuck on what I actually wanted to do and I was no longer so sure about PR and advertising and marketing and thought maybe I should be doing something different There was a time I think I wanted to do like front end development because I did a course in CSS and HTML. Mm -hmm. I guess at the time I didn't realize what I really liked with design and not the actual coding (laughs) because I thought it was fun. But until it got like super difficult, then I was like, oh, maybe that's not fun anymore. And then I eventually learned about how you can just do design or like UX design, UI design. And yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what snowballed everything.
0: And what excites or motivates you about what you're doing? What keeps you going every day?
1: I guess there are a couple of parts. The first being I genuinely do love what I am doing. And I think that's a valid reason because at the time before when I was working in like agencies, it was interesting and I learned a lot. But I remember that the enthusiasm was lacking. It didn't bring me as much joy. It wasn't until I started doing focusing more on like website design and development, keyword being mm-hmm. and development, because I really do take a lot of pride and joy in be able to design and build something, which I never thought I would be able to do. I think that's the first part of it. And then the second is, I think the clients I work with honestly are so great. And a lot of them I've been working with for like two years now. I think those connections are also like really great to have, knowing that there's someone there who trusts you you to do their work for them satisfied with what you give them I think building those partnerships and relationships is also a big motivator because it makes Mm -hmm. me feel like I'm you know in the right field and I'm doing the right thing and then the third part would be just learning more and growing because I think one thing I also did want to do is feel like I don't have the enthusiasm to improve my skills or to be better. But with design and development, I always feel like there's something new to learn. And I think that's also what motivates me.
0: What is a resource that you think more people should know about?
1: Twitter because honestly like 100% Twitter. I know a lot of people, social media in general, I think sometimes when you're starting out can be difficult to really dive into. And I think that once you do dive into it and start connecting with people on those platforms, mainly Twitter, there's so much opportunity there and so much you can learn from people there. People are so supportive and inclusive and always posting interesting things like what they've learned or what they've created and find so much value from it. Because prior to joining Twitter, I honestly just didn't even understand the platform or like how it could be beneficial <laughs> at all for me. And now that I have joined and it's been, I don't know, two three years, it's like the best platform that I've ever joined for my career in so many ways.
0: Any other resources you want to mention?
1: Okay. If you're specifically trying to learn something or improve on a skill, You know, I would always recommend just like online courses because I think those are good and YouTube being one because there are free courses on there. And then there is Udemy, which is another good one for checking out courses. And like a lot of them are usually on sale for people who are really interested in like user experience design. I would definitely Mm -hmm. recommend courses from the Interaction Design Foundation. They have like really good ones that teach you a lot. So I did one or two with them and they were really good. Awards also has good courses that I've done. So those are good platforms I'd recommend.
0: What is tool or something that you find yourself using a lot with your builds?
1: I guess Reloom.
0: Reloom, I yeah. I use
1: Reloom a lot. Yeah, it's honestly super helpful. Even just to give myself ideas, I maybe don't necessarily copy the layouts onto my builds, but sometimes you're stuck on like, how mm. can I make this hero, hero section different from like the 10 other hero sections I've done? So it's good <laughs> to kind of see different yeah. design options of how you can build something. And then also I use their style guide template for all my builds too. Mm and sweet navigate through their website for every almost every build for like their filters and all the other attributes that they have so i think those are the mm-hmm. two resources that i access for every project that i do.
0: is there someone in the webflow community that inspires you oh my god
1: there's like so many names in my head okay The first person <laughs> i'll say is probably claudia because i met mm-hmm. her through floxy's I'm yeah. like an ambassador with floxy's now i think that she obviously does a lot of great community work, which is not easy by any means. I think that's why she inspires me because she's so Mm -hmm. committed to growing Floxies and connecting with us on like a daily level so i think that it's amazing that she's able to consistently do that she's super passionate about what she does and i think we all just want to be as passionate about whatever we do that we're willing to give it our all and she's super nice so i think she would probably be like number one for me i think the second person just because i went through like a deep dive of his work and i was so impressed but diego and i think it started after mm-hmm. I have like a newsletter where I like interview people on websites they've made. And after I interviewed him and checked out all his other work, I was like, this is honestly the kind of work that I want to be doing on the regular or that I want to learn how to do. And so whenever people are doing things that I could never have been doing, I think I'm, I am always feel inspired by them, especially on a consistent basis. So I think his work is amazing. And I'm definitely inspired by the amazingly technical builds that he's consistently doing There's Koyasor as well. I love his work and we work through together. So I see his work a lot and it's always just amazing. But yeah, they're just a bunch of people doing amazing stuff.
0: What is some advice that you'd like to share with others?
1: Kind of focus on your own journey because... Social media is great. And like I said, it's a great resource for building your career um, and networking, but it also can be very loud. And so it's really important to just know that whatever journey that you're on is your own personal journey and you don't really know what other people's journey is. I think that's why I like Webflail because there are these big names and you're like, they're doing amazing things, but they had huge failures before they got Mm -hmm. to where they are. When you don't really know what people's failures are or what their journey is, you automatically assume that they made it. I think there's a difference between feeling inspired and just wanting to be exactly like someone, like do what they do, Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. just be them. And I don't think that's the way to go.
0: Be you and appreciate your journey. All right, Elsa, how can others in the community reach out and connect with you?
1: I mean, I'm always on Twitter. Definitely there. My handle is at Elsa Amri, three A's in the middle. That's probably number one. Or LinkedIn is another one that I'm on. My name is Elsa Amri there. I think Instagram too, occasionally I'm on there. Elsa Edward Amri is my handle. So probably those three places, but I would definitely say Twitter and LinkedIn if you want to connect. I'm like every day I'm on either of those platforms.
0: This was an Overflow episode with Elsa Amri, produced by the Webflow Community team with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.